The Sonoran Desert can be a hard place to find a good meal, especially for a hungry mouse. Plus, what can you do when one of your favorite meals also packs one of the most powerful stings in North America? Sometimes, survival comes down to chemical warfare and an aggressive attitude in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. I've been told it's 30 minutes of interesting animal info, and I've been told it's for you, the listener. Welcome. Welcome back. I told, I told you that. Oh, that was you. Yeah, that was me. Oh. That was like five minutes ago. Right, right. Well, I'm Joe. I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a creature that is the half-orc barbarian class of mice and would give Clooney the Scourge a run for his money. Who's Clooney, Clooney the Scourge? He's the guy, he's the bad guy from Redwall. Okay. I trust you, because I've never never read or seen it. It's the best book about mice, bar none. I don't know. There is the mouse and the motorcycle. Yeah, A strong contender, but not as good. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're talking about the southern grasshopper mouse, SGM. A mouse. Actually, we'll talk about that. Firstly, here are some nicknames. Okay. The southern grasshopper mouse is otherwise known as, in my own brain, the Mad Max mouse. Mm. The Wasteland Warrior. I like that. The Adorable Arthropod Attacker. (laughs) And Mighty Mouse. Well, yeah. Mighty Mouse, yeah. I added that in at the end because I was like, I was driving home today and I was like, how could I not include the word Mighty Mouse? In this? <laughs> the phrase. Uh, so, speaking of taxonomical breakdowns, let's do one. Starting with the Kingdom Animalia. As that is a given. We haven't said that in a while. As that is a given, and one I, day. <laughs> eventually, we'll just, eventually we do a given. <laughs> and that it has to be said. Or maybe we won't. Who knows? Yeah. Um... I promised that I would sing in the last episode, and I didn't. So, I should feel like I'm disappointing people at all on all fronts. <laughs> so, if the kingdom is Animalia, then the phylum must be... Well, it could be a lot of things, but this time it's Chordata. Mm. Um, the class is Mammalia, and the order... Is of the Phoenix. No. No, that's not what it says here. It says Rodentia. Oh. Okay. okay. It was either that or 66. <laughs> You're, you're thinking of the root. Um, <laughs> the family is... All right, here we go. Chrysetidae. Mm. Um, the genus is Onicr- Oni... Omicron Persei 8. Omicron... <laughs> this is this is myrrh from Omicron Persei 8. <laughs> o- Onicomis. Or Onichamis. O- I feel like a CH is a hard K usually. It's- a hard K, especially like following an O or preceding an O, like yes. chord. Um, so we'll go Onicomus um, or Onicomus. The species is Toridus. So Onicomus Toridus or whatever. <laughs> it's not technically a mouse. Did you know that? Mice are in the mus genus. Is it a, a vole? No, it's a it's just it's a rodent in the family Chrysetidae. Huh, it's not it's a, a true mouse. It's a mouse-like animal. Like a gerbil. Okay. Which I thought was interesting and confusing. It has a short tail, not like a mouse. A, mou- a tail is a mouse's pride. Without a tail, a mouse is nothing. Is that what it says in Redwall? Yes. I, <laughs> I feel like these are going to be lost on a lot of people, but maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm the only person who hasn't read Redwall. Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right, so where does this thing live? That is the question 
of the first five minutes of this podcast. It lives in North America, mainly southwestern North America. So Mexico, Arizona, California, Nevada. The Sonoran, the old Sonoran. New Mexico and Utah. They like deserts and scrub valleys and stuff like that. They like wastelands. Hence the Wasteland Warrior nickname. Sweet. Uh, let's talk about its appearance. Picture a brown mouse. <laughs> the end. The The first picture, I, when I wrote this, the first picture I saw was of a essentially a brown mouse. Yes. Um, it actually it also can have gray, um, tan, white. Or frosted tips yeah. like Justin Timberlake from NSYNC. <laughs> you know, that Justin Timberlake. Yeah. The one from NSYNC. Okay. Okay. Um, but it, the the one the first one I saw was a, of a brown one, and it looks like my gerbil that I used to have called Boudini. It's a mix between Buddy and Houdini because he managed to get out of everything. <laughs> Originally he was Buddy, but then he started like escaping things, and so we called him Boudini. The uh, SGM is levels of cute that we haven't seen on this show since the collared Pika. Yes. However, this one does have tiny pink people hands, <laughs> <laughs> like a mouse. Why are their hands so small? That's what I want to know. Mouse hands are so small. Are they? Compared to their body? Sure. Like compared to ours? Like, like look at it compared to their face. Well, they have really big heads. Yeah, they do have big heads. So I think that's the thing. But I think like inch for inch or millimeter per millimeter or whatever, I think it's probably proportional. Hmm. It's just the, they have an improportional face. Right, yeah. And like no neck and there's just no neck chumps. <laughs> but my question is, uh, well, how, how big is it? Oh. I don't... I don't I don't know. Oh, you didn't write that down. Oh, well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just being coy. You're just not sure about you know how to relate the size of this animal in your mind. Well, I can help you with that can in you? the listeners' favorite segment of this show. <laughs> Three, two, one. Measure, Measure up. up. <laughs> I'm a little bit tone deaf, so as we'll find out later. <laughs> Well, this is the part of the show where we put the animal size and other things into relatable terminology in the form of a quiz game where I, Joe, pose to you, Carlos, questions. Questions about comparisons. Let's start with the length of this mouth, mm -hmm. mouth, mm -hmm. <laughs> with the tail. <laughs> it's about 120 to 163 millimeters. AKA 4.7 to 6.4 inches. Awesome. What's well, the average? Average is 5.5 inches. Okay. That's perfect. How many, how many southern grasshopper mice go into the tail of the legendary mouse of Minsk, the famed creature spoken about in American Tale? Go into the tail, T A I L. Wait, how do you know that? Here's a hint not the mechanical mouse they build. It, at the end of the movie. It's the... The famed legend. Because it's a real thing. I mean, it's a real legend. Well, in the... In outside the, of the lore no, of the movie, No, no, right? no. In the movie, they talk about this legend and they give size. Really? Yes. Man, I wish I knew this movie line <laughs> by line so that I could figure this out. Uh, let's say 100. 100 mice? Yeah, that sounds like something that you'd say in a movie. It was like, like, like Papa... Uh, Mouskowitz would be saying, and it was the mouse of Minsk, and it was a hundred mouses tall. Mice. Just the tail, mind you. Oh, just the tail? I'm going to say 20. Okay. So, the legendary mouse of Minsk is as tall as a tree and Ooh. has a tail a mile long. 
<laughs> what? I told you, a tail is a mouse's pride. They. S- <laughs> All right, I got to rewatch this movie. So that is one th- or 11,520 mice. Okay, yeah. You one. were just 11,500 off. <laughs> wow. Um, being as, I guess it depends on the tree, but even if you're redwood, having a mile long tail is really long. Yeah, it's the dimensions are insane. Isn't the tail supposed to be about like half of the mouse's uh, length? I think it's the same. Instead of eight times the mouse's length. Let's talk about the weight with the tail. It's 1.5 to 2 ounces or 40 to 60 grams or an average of 1.7 ounces. Or, okay. 1.7? Yes. I got 0.78, but I was looking at a different website. I was looking at the Animal Diversity Web. National Geographic said they were an ounce and a half to 2 ounces. Oh, I got 0.78, but... Go on, go on with your measurements. How many southern grasshopper mice go into the approximate weight of Mickey Mouse, according to the Disney Wiki? <laughs> this is getting out of hand. Because we've talked now about two, like, imaginary fictional things. <laughs> um, One is a fictional inside a fiction. Yeah, that's a... That's, that's, is the Mouse of Minsk not a real, like, mythos? No. Not according to... It's only exists in Fievel? Not according to American Tale Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't... I have no proportion concept for Mickey Mouse. I guess he's short. Go by um, that game. Kingdom Hearts? Yes. I, I mean, I guess he comes up to, like, your middle thigh? Yeah. Is it, like, a regular... He's, like, child size. Yeah, he's maybe, like, two and a half, three feet tall. Yeah. In, into his height, you said? Wait. Oh, wait. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gloves and everything? Yeah, sure. It do, it's all fiction. What, Who cares? <laughs> Who does care? Um, someone cares enough to put it on Disney Wiki. Yeah. I don't know how much like a 30-pound or a 30-foot uh, like child weighs. Like 70, that sounds like, that sounds right. It's like a decently sized dog. Could be. We'll go with 70, 70 pounds. And he's... Uh, <laughs> you just got to convert that to ounces. Well, there's... And divide it by 1.7. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm about to sound really dumb, but there are 16 ounces in a pound and 8 ounces in a cup, I think. I think so. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go... I'm going to operate on that. Okay. Um, and you said 1.5 is the average? 1.7. 1.7. I'm going to go with 1.5 just to be in the ballpark. Sure. Um, which means that... Uh, about about ten of them, nine and a half. We'll go with ten. Go into a pound, and what I say, seventy pounds, so seven hundred. Five hundred and sixty-five. All right. There's it's Mickey Mouse is sixty pounds. Ah, uh, I I hate it when I'm good with the math <laughs> and I'm off with just the random measurement. Um. All right. One last thing. The average litter size. Uh, the average size of a uh, southern grasshopper mouse litter is 2.6 pinkies. That's what a baby mouse is called. Aw. That's why they're yeah, called Yeah, Pinky pink. the Bane. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Is <laughs> that just because he was pink? Nope. He was white anyway. He had a pink belly. And with, like, pink eyes and ears and stuff like yeah. that. So how many average SGM litters go into the largest puppy litter ever? Would you like a hint? Sure. 
the litter was Neapolitan mastiffs born to a mother named Abaltino Abarel Abre Abrel. This was born in the UK and they gave it this name. What the heck? Arabella. I'll go with the yeah. This doesn't help me at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> how many of how many wait That's so a big dog though. The largest litter? Yes. Like meeting the largest number of puppies. Yes, ever born to one mother at one time. And how many did you say was in a southern grasshopper mouse litter? Two point six. Two point six. Yeah. I'm gonna say ten. Ten times. This this mastiff had twenty six puppies. Nine. It had nine puppies? No, no nine and a half. Nine point two. Oh, here, dang. Right on the money almost. Oh. <laughs> it was, they had 24 puppies. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope the dog's okay. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I looked up kittens, and a lot of them were born, stillborn. So. Ooh, that's, yeah. well, now, every, puppy. now everyone's sad. Let's talk about <laughs> the, let's talk about the, the SGM's diet and make everybody happy again. Psych. This mouse is so extra. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, so true mice are usually herbivorous. Uh-huh. They, Meaning they it, eat herbs. Yeah. It, it only eats like parsley <laughs> and oregano. <laughs> um, Italian mice eat oregano. <laughs> yeah. SGM, however, is a carnivore, although it is not in the order carnivora, which means that taxonomy is confusing and frustrating. It's instead in the order rodentia, which is more appropriate, but like... There are carnivores not in carnivora, so what's the point of labeling them carnivora? We'll get to there. Eventually, okay. maybe someday when I learn anything about taxonomy. <laughs> um, it's like genres. It's completely arbitrary. And very fluid. Yeah. So, the SGM mostly eats arthropods. That's the most abundant uh, carnivorous thing thing to eat for a carnivorous soul. Uh, and in the, in the desert. In the desert. Uh, so would that make him an insectivore, but not really, because he also eats no, because arthr- arachnids? What, is he he's eating lobsters out in the desert? Yeah. <laughs> this desert lobsters, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, scorpion. Fair. Um, fair point. What? That's more than fair. I don't think scorpions are insects. They are arachnids. Okay, yeah. So, actually, yeah, it mainly eats arthropods that are not insects, but also eats insects. But they also eat other mice. A mouse that eats other mice. That's rude. This is the mouse of Minsk. Oh, no. Uh, And here are the names of the other mice that it eats. The Western Harvest Mouse. Yes. And the Little Pocket Mouse. The Little Pocket Mouse I looked up and is adorable. So small. And it has pockets in its cheeks. That's why it's got that name. Oh, I didn't even look that up. That's so (laughs) adorable. Which makes this... Which makes SGM a veritable monster. So... There, I read this whole study about what they like to eat, and they will mostly eat crickets. So basically, the study had they deprived them of food, oh, I saw, I read and this. introduced different things in their diet to see what they would eat and mm-hmm. what they would be more likely to eat. They introduced crickets, and they preferred living crickets, living crickets that were uninjured. They wanted to eat those the most. So that tells them that a what a savage mouse. And B, <laughs> uh, B, like they, their instinct to hunt might be based on movement. Yeah, like a T-Rex. Yeah. You just stay still. Also- Or I'm, like a toad. Remember when we talked about how they're, the 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 larvae, what was the larvae's name? Uh, the Epomus beetle. The Epomus beetle larvae moves its 
little like mouth parts and it's mandibles. Uh, mandible dance in such a way that it triggers the frog's predation instinct. Yeah, so that if it doesn't try to eat the larva, it's actually there's something wrong with it. Right. So, uh, yeah, I got and but I see it as like if I'm if there are a bunch of dead crickets around me, they're all delicious, um, and some of them are injured and they're like crawling away, and some of them are active. I'm going to disable the active ones so that I maximize my my profits. Yeah. So they also more likely to eat things that were living than eat food that was provided to them. Mm -hmm. And also when they introduced other mice, they the females were more likely to kill and eat the other mice. Yeah, it's all that um of the 6 of the 43 male SGMs um, oh, did I just step on all of your toes? Yeah, you, sh- you sure did. You should have stopped. <laughs> no, you did the... You I thought the you were moving on. Um, and uh, uh, six of the 43 males of the southern grasshopper mouse uh, ate the normal lab mice, and 22 of the 45 females, so uh, a little less than half, just barely less than half of the uh, of the females ate the ate the other lab mice, but that must be brutal to watch. They like bite them in the back of their necks. And yeah, it's, did you find out what, like how the experiment went with like, were there crickets available when they ate the mice? Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah. I wasn't sure if like there was crickets or other food sources when they ate the mice, but most Southern grasshopper mice can be found with a veritable circus of different fleas on them as like kind of souvenirs from their kills. Gee whiz. So essentially the lesson here is if you give a mouse another mouse, it'll kill it and wear its fleas as a trophy, like some sort of Scandinavian Jarl. <laughs> and that leads me to my song. Come along and shriek a song and eat your family. S-O-U-T-H-E-R-N-G-R-A-S-S-H-O-P-P-E-R-M-O-U-S-E. Murder mouse. Murder mouse. Murder mouse. Murder mouse. Forever we will hold intestines high. high, high. And that's all I got. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty funny. It's a Great. long, it's a, it's it's not as easy to spell as Mickey Mouse. No, it isn't. I also could have spelled murder mouse, but that wasn't, that wasn't going to work. So this is a brutal little rodent. And, and here's, here's the, here's the kicker for me. After a kill, sometimes this little adorable mouse will throw back its cute little blood-soaked head and scream at the moon. I am definitely in post putting that in right here. Wasn't that adorable? (laughs) (laughs) That was, uh, I thought, at first I thought it was going to be cute, but it's shrill and unsettling and frightening. Uh, I've seen, I've heard some cute ones. I I don't know. I heard a compilation and each time was like, "Ah." (laughs) no. Well, it is a, it it is a high pitched squeak. It's like they're screaming. It is a battle cry. Yeah. (laughs) It lasts 1.2 seconds and is sometimes used as a warning, like a wolf howl. Uh, it can be heard a hundred meters away and... It's time to get some of my revenge. It's time for mini measure up. Oh no! With the 1.2 seconds that these things a- average, these these battle shrieks, um, how many shrieks of the grasshopper mouse would fit into William Henry Harrison's 
aka old Tippecanoe, his presidency. The okay, so the the duration. Like he gets elected, and the the southern grasshopper mouse just shrieks, starts screaming, and how long will it, and and how, how many, many will it take? How many to... shrieks would you get to the point where he dies of uh, pneumonia during his uh, that he catches from his inaugural address? How um. How long would did you say the? Uh, the One point two seconds. Um, so then that is sixty. Let's say fifty-two screams per minute. Fifty-two times thirty is terrible at math. Just do fifty-two times three and multiply that by ten. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's how, trying to do fifty-two times thirty. That's how you do head math. <laughs> Um, 1,560. Wrong. It's 2,269,000 because he was in office for one month. Oh, really? I thought it was 30 minutes. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> was, he was in office for one month to the day. March 4th to April 4th. Do you talk about a different guy? I talked about a different, yeah, a French guy oh. who abdicated the throne. Oh. That was back during our uh, Mongoose episode. Dang it. <laughs> I thought it was the same guy. Nope. This is William Henry Harrison, our nation's president, for a month. <laughs> anyway. So. I liked that. I enjoyed it. It had a twist ending. It was good. <laughs> it was good. Subverted, I stand by it. it subverted expectations. <laughs> so this guy's really brutal. He, they sometimes even kill their own spouses, which means that... Um, mouse spouse? Mouse spouse. <laughs> spouse of the mouse. If you, give a mouse if you give a mouse a spouse, it'll eat it. <laughs> um, For a day. The, <laughs> teach mouse to spouse. <laughs> Um, It'll have a sweet matrimony for a lifetime. So, yeah, um, mice that pair off usually live uh, shorter lives than solitary ones. For the most part, they're pretty solitary, though. But there is one item on SGM's menu that baffles me. Oh. And that is the Arizona bark scorpion, which I hear has a pretty nasty sting. How does this mouse make that part of its daily routine? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because that brings us to the major fact of this episode. The fact that the southern grasshopper mouse has a high pain tolerance and resistance to scorpion stings. Specifically, its favorite meal, or a favorite meal, the Arizona Arizona bark scorpion, which has the most venomous sting of all scorpions in North America. Wow. If only the ant from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids had this same talent. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, because you know why? Because the scorpion can cause severe, the, the venom can cause severe pain, numbness, vomiting, lasting up to 72 hours in humans. Ugh. 72 hours of pain, vomiting, numbness, and uh, paralysis in the sting site. Is it is it fatal? Not usually. Unless you're like allergic to it? It can be it? if you're a child... Um, you have a compromised immune system, or if you are an old, old person. Okay. An elder, an, uh, an older person. Okay. BPC. Yes. Um, but it's enough to kill most mice, to be sure. And it debilitates large predators because it's very painful. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mouse turns the scorpion's venom into an ally. Ooh. So they have this protein in their nervous system that binds to the toxin. 
Actually, there's six toxins. Six Pro- six do- toxins. Six. Do- <laughs> Proteins have crazy names. Do you have a name for it? I have none. All right. Never mind. We'll, we'll call, Mouse toxin. We'll call <laughs> call this one Motine. <laughs> Motown. Um, Motine singer. So the mouse. So when the mouse is stung, it instantly feels the hot burning pain from the snake venom or, or for the from the scorpion venom, um, as the scorpion usually stings multiple times in a row mm-hmm. in close succession. The mouse takes a pause. Cute little pink people paws. And it, <laughs> it rubs and licks the sting sites. After a few seconds, the toxin binds to the protein. And it stops hurting. And it takes on a new effect as an analgesic. That's right. The scorpion's venom is now acting as a painkiller. The exact opposite of what he wanted it to do. Um, why? Strap in, because it's about to get sciency. I didn't. I didn't realize that it felt pain in the first place. Oh yeah. I thought it was just immediately like didn't work. But the the, the grasshopper mouse takes one for the team yeah. for a second for his. If you if you watch like videos of this happening, it'll stop and like squint its little eyes in pain and like rub its face adorably, and back up and the this thing starts to get away. But then it's just like, oh, I'm not done with you. So let's <laughs> talk about the science of why this happens. Um, here we go. Pain neurons have three channels that need to open for the mammal, for a mammal, any mammal, you, me, mice, rats, to feel pain. These are called like ion channels, I think. Sounds good. Um, so venom trips two of these channels. Um, one which acts on this pain gatekeeper channel, um, which opens so that you can feel any pain at all. And then one that sends the signal... Uh, of pain to the brain. However, in the southern grasshopper mouse, the second gate has these amino acid proteins that are different th- than most other animals, most other mammals, and they bind to the toxin and stop it from triggering the broadcasting gate, the second gate. Okay. So it opens the first gate, and then this protein binds to it and stops it from sending any pain to the brain. Okay. I'm trying to make a diagram in my brain. Do you have one? No, there's no, no diagram. Dang it. I want like a, a diagram, one of those 3D ones that I would see in like a over-the-counter medication <laughs> commercial. So this this explains why the, 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 the mouse feels no pain. But it doesn't explain, I mean, why it doesn't cause damage. There's more to a toxin than pain. Toxin means... Literally, there's a chemical in your body that's doing damage to organs and things. Mm-hmm. Um, my, that's my favorite store, by the way. Organs and things. <laughs> <laughs> organs and things incorporated. It's like a Sam Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Just sells organs and organ accessories. <laughs> Need an extra pipe? We got one for um, So, we have no idea why the... Mouse doesn't just die a painless death. No no answer. It's, it's, it's got something to combat that venom in? Yeah. Like a little bit of nutmeg to cut the sweetness. It could be venom in, or it could be you need to take your venom <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but the protein has given scientists the idea, uh, like other animals we talked about, like the cone snail, mm-hmm. um, it's given scientists ideas about more specialized pain relief medications, with fewer adverse effects. 
So how does it not? How does the tox toxin not damage like the its insides? We don't know. Oh, we don't know. Oh, okay. By we, I mean science doesn't know. Also, humans don't know this. We don't know. And we definitely don't know. <laughs> and neither do you. Yeah. <laughs> there is no knowing. 30 minutes of interesting animal mis... Uh, uh, just just enig- enigmaticness. Yes. Enigmatism is the way you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's that's the Southern Grasshopper Mouse. How it's gonna... getting This is the same thing that I have with um, the mongoose. So you're still getting stabbed. Yeah. With even if even if the toxin isn't doing anything, it's still like a I mean, especially for a scorpion stinger going through the face cuz it usually hits it in the face. It's like that's got to put a damper on whatever you were trying to do. Um in in studies of the mouse ve- uh, how it takes the venom versus other things, um it's less less than a saline solution. It it, it hurts Less than a saline solution after the the binding, but but still you're being stabbed. So what I'm saying, like the once they ha- they bind, once this this thing happens, mm-hmm. the stabbing doesn't even hurt. But I'm just imagining like all southern grasshopper mice um, look like the bad rabbit and Watership Down with like just one milky eye from being stabbed there so many times. <laughs> And like a big scar, like these, I'm just picturing really scarred faces, but you look at the pictures of these guys, and they have adorable unscarred faces. That's that fur. It's good, good fur. <laughs> so is that all you got? That's all I got. So, for you, the listener out there, please, frost your tips, take a stinger to the face, and shriek at the moon, like we do here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Do you have an adorable war cry? Do you have an idea for an interesting animal that we should cover next? We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review, tweet us a tweet, or message us on Facebook or via email. We are LD Taxonomy everywhere. Your feedback is the protein that binds to our hearts and stops us from feeling the stings of solitude. Thanks for listening. podcast is brought to you in part by the brain trust brothers network for more information about this podcast or others visit braintrustbros.com in clinical trials and by clinical i mean whatever science words you use to say mouse trials (laughs) 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 um i don't think that's clinical trials at all (laughs) no it isn't